0: Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture.
1: We wrap up what's been another busy week. I guess they all are, really, but uh, a lot of events this week with the Farm Bill action. And now today, as expected, and maybe we should say as feared by some, The president announcing he will impose tariffs on $50 billion worth of goods from China. And now we wait to see what China's response will be. We'll be talking about that, certainly, about the farm bill and about uh, what's going on with the RFS. Certainly, uh, it was an interesting week, a showdown, really, with EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt and supporters of the ethanol industry as uh, Scott Pruitt went out into the country and heard firsthand from people concerned about actions by the EPA. We'll talk about that with Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol. We'll talk Farm Bill with Dale Moore with the American Farm Bureau Federation and we're going to take a look at the latest ag equipment sales numbers from Kurt Blades with the uh, Association of Equipment Manufacturers. That's coming up on today's program. But let's start it off with a look at the Farm Bill this week. Phil Brashers with us from AgriPulse. Phil, thanks for joining us. Wow, what a difference between the House and Senate. Uh, the Senate Ag Committee moved right through markup this week, and uh, we look forward to, sounds like, uh, having Senate action before their 4th of July recess.
2: Yeah, it, it wasn't amazing, and you're right, the difference between the, the Senate uh, Agriculture Committee action this week and what happened in the House Committee. Uh, uh, in in april cannot have been more stark it was very uh, actually very pretty short uh most of the uh, the meeting is about two and a half hours long most of it was taken up with opening statements from members of the committee not any debate about the bill itself
1: now there were some interesting things uh let's look at the senate's approach to crop insurance what did they do there
3: they this is they
2: they kept it intact uh there really were no major changes. There were there are a number of interesting uh, changes within the uh, improvements within the, uh, if you will, within the within the program, uh, targeting various uh, various groups. Uh, there was uh, there was a concerted effort in this bill to try to uh, make sure that crop insurance can encourage uh, cover crops and other conservation practices. Uh, Some changes there. Uh, There is a going to be an effort if this bill, if these provisions become law, to take data that USDA has on crop insurance and uh, uh, conservation practices, put them together, and and see if you can. uh, There's authority here to provide discounts, premium discounts for conservation practices. Uh, There's uh, some additional new incentives for agents to sell whole farm. Uh, Revenue policies, that's uh, something that uh, diversified and smaller scale farms want.
1: We also saw some help in this farm bill for dairy producers.
2: They did. They took what the uh, House did. Uh, Colin Peterson, the ranking Democrat over there, made some changes to the dairy program to take the coverage level. It's now $8 a hundred weight, take it up to $9.00. Uh, the Senate did that, and also added some discounts for for smaller uh, smaller farms as well. Added about a hundred million dollars to the cost uh, of, of the program.
1: Uh, Senate Majority Leader McConnell got his hemp language in. Uh, Senator Grassley did not get his payment limit restrictions language in.
2: Yeah, uh, Senator McConnell, the Majority Leader. He- Ag committee, but to rarely uh, comes. He stepped. He was there for most of the time to talk about and defend his uh, his hemp provisions, and there there are a number of them throughout the bill uh, to address various issues, including making hemp available uh, eligible for crop insurance. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, was very interesting with uh, Senator Grassley trying to get his payment la- language in, a uh, payment limit uh, language, something that he's been working on, uh, and I'm sure many of your listeners know for for years and years. Uh, he didn't. Uh, as a short story is, he didn't have his amendment ready in time. Now, uh, uh, I'm told uh, it, it, the story is you know it's quite interesting. I, I, apparently, he didn't. Uh, There were some changes in the language, they had some trouble getting it uh, written, and he said he didn't have the uh, 45 copies, uh, something like that, that the the committee needed and and ready in time for it to consider that morning. So he may try again on the Senate floor uh, to get this amendment
1: uh, adopted. Well, we've seen the difference between a bipartisan approach and a partisan approach. Uh, On the Senate side, it was a bipartisan effort. Sailed right through the uh, the ag committee. Now, will it have smooth sailing? You think on the Senate floor?
2: Oh, I, you know, Senator Roberts said at one time that he wanted to. He actually wanted to get it up to seventy votes on the Senate floor. I think that's quite possible. Uh, he has this bill is coming out of committee with lots of uh, provisions that Democrats like uh, that. Ranking member Debbie Stabenow wanted. Uh, Senator Roberts worked with her to protect, only to, uh, protect those uh, provisions, but also to uh, add a couple more during committee. One of them, very significant, by uh, offered by Senator Amy Klobuchar from uh, Minnesota, Democrat from Minnesota, to mandate funding for energy programs, which which were actually left without money in the uh, uh, base bill, the draft bill. Uh, that money is coming out of uh, uh, cotton, uh, cotton textile uh, a program for uh, cotton textile mills, and Senator Bozeman from Ark, John Bozeman from Arkansas objected to that, but uh, Chairman Roberts sided with uh, Ranking Member Stabenow, and that got into the bill. So there's a lot here for Democrats to like, uh, and of course he, uh, this bill protects crop insurance, protects the commodity programs. So there's a lot for uh, uh, farm groups to like as well, and
4: Republicans.
1: And there are things that people are, are not going to like as much. But here's the difference, and it's refreshing to see a bipartisan approach. It's refreshing to see Republicans, and Democrats work together on legislation and come up with a bill that uh, both sides can can live with.
2: Right, and I I think it's important to the back to, to understand the backdrop of what's going on as, as Congress takes up this farm bill and it starts to it really appears to be picking up momentum. And that's this uncertainty that's been created by the trade policy. You mentioned the uh, the president uh, announcing this morning the 50 billion dollars in, in tariffs on China. That that is the backdrop, uh, and uh, members of Congress know that. The leadership knows that. They know they know there is this anxiety uh, out in, out in the countryside, and I believe that's going to and it already has and is going to continue. Uh, if this uncertainty continues to uh, to add momentum to the farm bill. I think it's uh, mm-hmm. it's growing increasingly possible we could get a new bill enacted this year.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens with the immigration votes in the, the House, and then they'll move on get back to the uh, farm bill. Hopefully they'll have the votes to get it passed and get it to conference committee and get things moving here. Phil, as always, good to talk with you. Thanks again. Thanks for your coverage.
2: Okay. Great to be here. Thanks.
1: Phil Brasher with AgriPulse. Well, it was quite a week with Scott Pruitt going out and meeting uh, some of his harshest critics face-to-face. We'll talk about that with Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol. That's next on AOA Adams on Agriculture.
3: The mighty Prosaro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. The hammer of head and leaf diseases. The number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use ProSoro fungicide and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at ProSoro.us. Always read and follow label instructions.
5: I live alone. So when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, that's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm never alone.
4: For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-981-2126. That's 800-981-2126. Call now at 800-981-2126 to get a free brochure. If
5: you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice, because when you call for your free Endless Pool Idea Kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location.
4: Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734.
0: information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams.
1: Well, this week, EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt went out into the country to face some of his harshest critics when it comes to his handling of the RFS and waivers and and E-15. And he, uh, he heard loud and clear from uh, supporters of the biofuels industry their feelings on the issue now we'll see if it uh, if he um, not only heard their words but will listen to them and uh, take some action let's talk about it with Brian Jennings CEO of the American Coalition for ethanol Brian thanks for joining us uh, you got your message across you think it did any good
0: Mike I'm holding a, a glimmer of hope that farmers and ethanol advocates and others were affected this week in helping the administrator appreciate the uh, damage that's been done by some of the actions the agency has taken, and and in other cases, um, some suffering that is occurring as a result of EPA not acting. We had farmers in the, in the room down in Garnett, Kansas uh, earlier in the week. We had some of our members uh, in the room in reliance south dakota and i spoke with them and i know that they were respectful of the administrator but also very forceful um about the concerns that they had
1: okay now i've already seen some conflicting statements it sounded like at one point that um scott pruitt was kind of going along with the idea of reallocating some of these lost gallons through the rins uh but then comes another report later where he's he says that's not gonna happen so where are we on
0: that yeah I think I can clarify that um, in the meeting in Reliance South Dakota I know that the issue of small refinery waivers and reallocating those those lost gallons to the remaining refiners was a, a big subject of discussion and what Pruitt told our guys in that meeting is that he will not be reallocating the 1.5 billion gallons um, that we know was already waived from the 2016 and 2017 RFS, but in the future, he would try to reallocate. So if they were to issue any new waivers, he would try to reallocate. Interestingly, he blames the Department of Energy in part for why he has to issue the waivers in the first place, And then he blamed the White House lawyer, the White House legal counsel, for why he couldn't reallocate the 1.5 billion gallons. So our guys were very disappointed with that, and and I guess it shows that the lawsuit we filed is necessary.
1: Mm -hmm. And on the REN credit idea, he hasn't completely abandoned that, it sounded like.
0: Amazingly, Mike. um, Just last week, Senator. Ernst and Grassley convinced the president himself not to go forward with export credits. But you're right. Um, Scott Pruitt was was very um, serious about wanting to move forward with export credits. Went so far as to tell uh, farmers in Reliance, South Dakota, that this is going to be helpful to you. Um, <laughs> apparently, he doesn't appreciate the concerns that have been lost already by some of our trading partners, um, that this would export rims would be a huge problem and, and frankly it put a bright export market at risk
1: wow and then on the e15 waiver I, I, I this sounds like double speak as well I mean he keeps saying yeah he, he's for the administration's for that it, it, it can be done but we're in a pause period we can't, we're for some reason we can't do it right now uh, what's with that
0: yeah if you want to look at the the good side of it Pruitt is and- has become a little more brave about saying, yes, EPA has the legal authority to do this. Yes, we can do it. Um, he even goes so far as to say, "I, you know, it doesn't make any sense that in some parts of the country, retailers aren't supposed to sell E15 in the summer months. So he's saying all all the right things there. But then, as as you indicate, Mike, he says, well, this is part of a package deal, folks. And unless something... Uh, is in this deal for refiners as well. We we really can't move forward on it. So, as as you indicated, Mike, he he says it's on pause. Um, That's really frustrating to us, obviously, because this summer is probably a lost opportunity. Sixty-some days ago, the president of the United States himself declared we're going to allow E15 use during the summer months. We really need them to move forward on that step.
1: Yeah. The president says, Let's do it. The EPA administrator says we can do it, but also says, but we're not going to do it now. I mean, that that's kinda hard to take, really.
0: It really is hard to take. And it just goes to show I think the concerns we have about his relationship with oil refiners. EPA administrators need to be honest brokers. If they you know, if they come into the office carrying some some biases or some baggage from from the states they represented in the past or their careers in the past they're supposed to cast those aside and follow the law and not pick favorites um, and it certainly appears as if that's what Scott Pruitt is doing in this situation is at all costs looking out for refiners when the law is on the side of allowing E15 use year-round we just need him to update uh, an old regulation.
1: We're talking with Brian Jennings, CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol. Brian, I'm trying not to be too skeptical here. And I'll give Scott Pruitt credit for going out and, and facing his harshest critics. But on the other hand, I almost get the feeling that this was some kind of strategic move by him to, to say, hey, I went out and talked, and I listened, and I heard the concerns. But in some ways, it's like... He's already got this plan and his mind made up on some things, and I, I really wonder how much uh, all this is going to do as far as changing uh, the course of action there at EPA.
0: Mike, I, I tend to agree with your skepticism. Um, you know, when he made some of these visits, he and his staff were very careful, uh, you know, either to control the press in the room mm-hmm. or to limit mm-hmm. the number of people in the room. Um invitation-only type meetings. He certainly wanted to take a bow for the steps he's taken with respect to WOTUS and some other regulatory reform, which I know in rural America we appreciate. But, I, you know, based on some of the intel and feedback we got from our farmers uh, who were in these meetings, you know, Pruitt played that old game where as soon as he's challenged on something, he kind of redirects and goes in a different direction and And as I said, there's a glimmer of hope in me that he's going to get some religion from rural America when he goes back to D.C. today. Um, But, boy, his his past actions don't give me a lot of confidence.
1: I have found it interesting to watch the non-ag media's coverage of this. And it's like they finally just are waking up and and finding out about it. I mean, (laughs) you know, they're they're all of a sudden finding out there's this issue uh, with EPA and the, the renewable fuels industry. And it's been interesting. Some of their reporting uh, pretty much frames it this way. Here's a guy with a lot of problems, a lot of controversies, a lot of things swirling around him. But this could be the issue that actually brings him down.
0: It, isn't that remarkable that some of the media are focused on hand lotion and mattresses from the Trump Hotel and mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A uh, franchises? Um out here in rural America, of course, we're worried about dollars and cents and the, the pocketbook issues that affect us every day. And I think it's true, and I'm not I'm not cheerleading for Scott Pruitt to go down in a in a in a ball of flames, but if he does, I think it will have a lot more to do with his his inability to represent the interests of, of biofuels and farmers when it comes to the law of the land, um, and a lot less With some of these other um, silly, serious but also silly things that are going on with him.
1: Of course, the other thing he's putting out there: "Oh, you're going to be happy with the RVO levels we're going to announce." But again, if you're still granting the waivers, it really diminishes uh, those numbers that they they'll be announcing.
0: Yeah, I think so. We we should be looking for some news from EPA. It sounds like as early as next week on the proposed 2019 RVOs and. Uh, You know, Scott Pruitt wants a pat on the back for getting them done on time. Well, EPA is supposed to get them done on time. Scott Pruitt wants a pat on the back for uh, increasing volumes. Well, the RFS calls for volumes to be increased. And so, um, you know, we'll see what comes out. He's indicated there will be 15 billion gallons for conventional. Maybe biomass-based diesel will have uh, an increase, as will cellulose in advance. But the damage that has been done, as you indicated, uh, means we also need him to restore some of those volumes. Um, So we'll be looking for that proposal next week. But, um, yeah, I'm not not too eager to pat him on the back for doing things that EPA is supposed to do.
1: Supposed to do, right. Well, we'll stay tuned. Brian, thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Take care. CEO of the American Coalition for Ethanol, Brian Jennings. Well, lots going on with the farm bill and tariffs on China, all kinds of things happening. Let's talk it over next with Dale Moore, Vice President Public Policy or Public Affairs for the American Farm Bureau Federation. That's coming up next. Stay with us on AOA Adams on Agriculture. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard DeVorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly 2 decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, the hard
3: part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204 1-800-489-7204 That's 1-800-489-7204 5701 Sunrise Boulevard Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49 Oregon DM80031. Time now
7: for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Grain and oil seed sector seeing defensive trade overnight. Mixed activity on the Friday an hour into the trading day we are firm in corn mixed in wheat mixed activity in soybeans Beijing said it would retaliate immediately after the Trump White House announced Friday that it's gonna move ahead with tariffs on 50 billion dollars of goods from China China's Commerce Ministry said Beijing will immediately launch tariffs on American goods in equal scale and equal strength Beijing did not immediately say which American products will be targeted for levies. After the Trump administration first proposed 25% on $50 billion in Chinese products way back in April, a list released by the Commerce Ministry at that time included U.S. soybeans, sorghum, among other goods. The White House warning it will impose additional tariffs should China take retaliatory measures. In overnight trade, we pierced key support levels, but we have recovered somewhat during the day trade on this Friday. For July soybeans, momentum oversold. The 9.20 low from August 2016 acting as a short-term hook for the market. July corn fell sharply yesterday, minus signs in overnight trade before we have recovered. Major chart support for the July contract seen at the January low of 3.62. For Livestock at the Merck, we got caught up in selling on Thursday. Across the board, cattle and hog futures stabilizing on this Friday. We're a dime to 25 cents higher in lean hog futures, 30 to 40 cents higher in live cattle an hour into the day. Feeder cattle, 45 to 67 cents higher. Outside markets, the Dow is down 175 points. S&P down 11, crude down a
4: dollar 20. i I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network.
0: information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike
1: Adams. And welcome back to Adams on Agriculture. Dale Moore, Vice President, Public Affairs for the American Farm Bureau Federation, joins us. Dale, too bad there's nothing going on. Not much to talk about, right?
8: Well, I appreciate you taking time to give me a holler. So I just sit here wondering what it is we could talk about. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I guess now, everyone, we're holding our breath now, right, to see what retaliation uh, moves China will take back uh, after the uh, Trump administration announcing more tariffs on China, Chinese goods.
8: Well, I think to, to your point, uh, this is one of those times where I'm encouraging folks to actually take a little short breath because between holding our breath over what's going on with China and the new tariff announcements, uh still waiting to hear what kind of progress is or is not being made in terms of negotiations on the North American free trade agreement with Canada and Mexico and you add to that uh the hope the anticipation we're going to get the house uh to vote on the uh, farm bill uh in this coming week and uh senator Roberts uh chairman Roberts looking forward to getting his bill on the Senate floor sometime before July 4th so uh, this is one of those where one can turn blue pretty quick if you don't take some short breaths to try to keep up with all of this.
1: Yeah, these are huge issues, and they're all kind of coming to a head here at the same time. All right, let's talk farm bill. Uh, what did you like about uh, the bill that came out of the Senate Ag Committee this week?
8: Well, uh, it had a number of different provisions in there that uh, I think, for most of our farmers, in, in taking a look at it, it, it is an evolution of the current farm bill. It includes the uh... improvements that were made to the dairy provisions and uh... bringing cotton back into title one uh... you know back in february this year that that have been put into the current law uh... make some improvements on the art county uh... some you know updates and changes relative to conservation but i think as as important as anything it it just sort of re-energized the whole concern that i think some folks around town were thinking because of what happened on the house floor a few weeks back we weren't going to see a farm bill coming forward yet uh, the Senate Ag Committee passed its farm bill out uh, you know, by a 20-to-1 vote. Uh, Leader McConnell, who was there for virtually all of the markup, uh, made it clear that uh, he's making time on the floor for this farm bill, the Senate farm bill, to be uh, considered here before they get to the July 4 break. And we've also heard from Chairman Conaway, uh, you know, progress being made on, on the immigration issues that had led to, from what we understood, a number of the no votes on the Republican side. So the pieces coming back together, and I think, uh, you know, anyone who's not excited at the prospect uh, that we're going to get a farm bill uh, done, get the House and Senate done before July 4, uh, you know, probably is just not paying close attention to how determined the two chairs are and their ranking members uh, to get to conference.
1: It looks much better on getting a uh, bill it, done this year than it did it, just uh, a few weeks it ago. Does.
8: It does. And, and, and again, there's differences in both bills, but uh, you know that's kind of the way our founding fathers set up this process, so we've got the House and Senate going to have to come together. But, frankly, I think uh, given the leadership on both committees and the members on both committees, we feel pretty confident they're going to be working very diligently uh, to get these two bills reconciled.
1: I find it refreshing to see uh, members of both parties Working together—that's what we saw in the Senate Ag Committee. This is the way we used to see things get done—a bipartisan effort. That—that that was encouraging,
8: uh, definitely encouraging. And and I think we saw it not only in the way they were working together, but you know, a number of the amendments. Uh, you know, regardless of what what one's position was on the, on some of those amendments, uh, you know, there were generally bipartisan amendments being offered. Uh, there was a lot of discussion, and we know there's going to be a, a whole slew of amendments that are brought up uh, on the Senate floor, but uh, you know we heard just, I think it was just yesterday, Chairman Roberts is anticipating there's going to be probably two days of debate on, on the Senate floor. Uh, we also had heard uh, even before that that both Leader McConnell, in making the commitment to get the bill to the floor, as well as uh, the Democrat leader, uh, you know, Charlie Schumer from, Senator Schumer from uh, New York, uh, indicated that uh, he was going to be working with uh, Leader McConnell to make sure all of that process that can tie things up just getting the debate started wasn't going to happen relative to the farm bill. So I think we're seeing bipartisanship, you know, from uh, the top end of, of the Senate in, in the Big L leadership, uh, certainly through the committee members. Uh, and it just, again, it, it, it's what we hope for. Uh, and, and we also hope it will energize uh, the folks that Chairman Conaway needs to join him on getting the House bill uh, done in, uh, in, in, on their side of the Hill.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens with the immigration vote and then whether those Freedom Caucus members will indeed go ahead and support the Farm Bill, as some have indicated. I think another part, a big part of this, we don't want to overlook this, you mentioned that uh, Majority Leader McConnell actually attended the markup, and even though he's on the Senate Ag Committee, he doesn't usually show up for the meetings. But the fact that he has language that he's very much supporting there, and that's that's for hemp, the fact that he has that vested interest gets him more engaged in it, and I would think would help the chances of getting it, uh, getting it passed.
8: Well, it's one thing that, uh, and in fact, uh, his uh, industrial hemp uh, provision that, that that is in the bill is something that's very consistent with uh, American Farm Bureau policy that our grassroots put together. Uh, and I would uh, note for anybody that uh, asks the question, as I have several times, you know, uh, Leader McConnell has been very. Consistent, very diligent uh, over the past several Congresses, and continuing to push that issue forward, uh, and I think we see a real chance to get it done uh, as part of the Senate bill. We also know that uh, you know that uh, Representative Comer from Kentucky uh, had introduced similar legislation on the House side. Uh, we know that uh, Chairman Conway and Mr. Peterson both uh, you know have taken a look at this, so I think we're going to see. Uh, that particular provision become uh, you know at least an expanded opportunity for uh, farmers that might want to try a it's actually an old crop but uh, you know kind of getting past some of the legal hurdles it takes to uh, to get that new crop as part of their rotation
1: we're talking with dale Moore with the american farm bureau federation so dale next week the attention shifts to the votes in the house on immigration what are you expecting there
8: well, it's it's kind of tough to tell because we're still, you know, we just late late last night uh, got at least some of the details. We've not seen any language, but we know that uh, there are some fairly uh, straightforward pro- provisions on the border security side. That's very important to uh, you know the Freedom Caucus and and the conservative members in the House. We also understand that there are its provisions, whether in that same bill or as a you know kind of a companion bill uh, relative to uh, the dreamers uh, act issues that are tied in that, that have kind of kept the immigration issue uh, in in a stalemate over the the past what we don't know yet uh, is whether or not there's going to be anything in there to address you know the concerns we have in agriculture uh, but from our standpoint you know we're focused on on what might be those possibilities but just as important to, you know this was the requisite that a number of uh, the Freedom Caucus and other conservative members said they needed to show their support on the farm bill. So the two things are, are, are tied, and from what we understand, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you know positive vote or outcome on the immigration reform is tied to whether or not they'll vote for the the farm bill, but rather that you know Speaker Ryan and and the leadership team have uh, you know worked it out with those who said they wanted to vote on immigration before they would. Uh, reconsider their votes on the Farm Bill.
1: Yeah, they said they wanted a, the vote. They didn't necessarily indicate that uh, they had to get it passed or get what they wanted in the vote. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, what about from an ag standpoint? Because this is this immigration uh, package is critical to uh, agriculture and ag labor.
8: Well, it, it is critical. Uh, but, again, this is one of those where, where we're having uh, – we're having to be be patient and and see how leadership and how the negotiations on the package that's put together uh we certainly have made our our case we we hope have made our case to why agriculture should be a part of that but we've also had some pretty clear indications that agriculture may not be a part of it right now there may be consideration you know later this summer uh you know on the ag labor issue itself so it, that's a pretty fluid situation and again uh, one more thing uh, that we're kind of taking you know short sips of air uh, to avoid turning blue
1: what are you recommending to your members dale uh, i'm sure it is to stay active be in contact with their or their members of congress on these issues
8: oh absolutely we've got uh in a number of different ways both from you know the communications on the social media side uh, certainly as Members of Congress are home for the weekends and certainly, uh, you know, any other type of opportunities. We've got folks that are, you know, some of our states uh, are still bringing folks to town uh, and and visiting when they're up on the hill. Uh, We've got an action alert out, uh, you know, through our advocacy process uh, so our grassroots members can reach in and let their respective uh, elected officials know how important it is to get, you know, get some progress on, on the farm bill, you know, address some of the concerns uh, to kind of keep the trade, uh hesitate to call them trade wars, but that's what they seem to be turning into to try to make it clear how important these different programs, whether it's the Farm Bill or it's immigration, uh, trade, you know, regulatory reform, all these things that can have an impact on a farmer or rancher's bottom line. Uh, we need those members of Congress understanding they've got an opportunity to fix some of these things, and we'd appreciate anything they can do to get that done.
1: And as I said, it's amazing how so many of these huge issues are coming to a head here at the same time. All right, Dale, thanks a lot, and we'll see what happens in the uh, coming weeks, and we'll stay in touch. Thank you.
8: Thank you, Mike. I very much appreciate what you do to keep everybody informed on what's going on not only here in Washington but uh, in agriculture in general. We very much appreciate the work you do.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and uh, thank you for being on with us, taking time to be with us, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Yes, sir. Dale Moore, Vice President, Public Affairs for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Yeah, Farm Bill, Trade, RFS, all these things. So uh, so hot right now and have been for some time. And uh, it looks like uh, we may get some uh, answers, some clarification here in the next few weeks. But some of these are going to keep going on, it sounds like, for quite some time. Well, what do the uh, numbers tell us from uh, the month of May as far as ag equipment sales are concerned? We'll find out talk about that next on AOA.
5: I live alone, so when I slipped and fell in the kitchen last month and couldn't get to a phone, that's when I knew I needed Life Alert. With just one press of this button, I'm connected to the Life Alert Center, where I can get the help I need, even when I cannot reach a phone. With Life Alert, I'm
4: never alone. For a free Life Alert brochure, call 800-981-2126. That's 800-981-2126. Call now at 800-981-2126 to get a free brochure.
3: The mighty Prosoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. The hammer of head and leaf diseases. The number one reducer of scabs. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Do you
6: need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day, because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true.
3: Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip flop all night long, I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept 8 hours. Well, when I invented MyPillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time you spend in bed, it's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing my my home state of Minnesota, I have a 10-year warranty, and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever: get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right, get four my pillows: two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code farm11 get four my pillows for the price of one call 800-871-7280 and use promo code farm11 go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code farm11
4: (laughs) all
6: right guys we're ready for our four season sunroom and daddy's gonna get a rec room with refreshments
3: oh no we'll be sleeping under the stars mom what about the one with you know the fun nice try little bro it's a gym
5: my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait.
7: A family hub.
4: Yeah. yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since
0: 1975. More reasons for four
9: Seasons
4: now. To find out more, call toll free 800 988 4477. That's 800 988 4477. Call 800 988 4477 today. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub, they require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing.
0: Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture.
4: Now, back to Mike Adams.
0: Well, let's take a look at the latest numbers
1: on ag equipment sales. They tell us, uh, they give us a good barometer on the ag economy and also ties in what's going on with these trade tensions around the world joining us is kurt blades senior vice president ag services for the association of equipment manufacturers kurt good to talk with you again thanks for joining us
9: hi mike good to talk to you as well
1: looks like uh, the may numbers highlighted by u.s sales of self-propelled combines uh, they were those numbers are up
9: well, I'll tell you what, uh, we were pretty pleased with the with the May report. Uh, we see some nice improvements across the board on on all uh, all pieces of equipment.
1: So, when we look at the self propelled combines, uh, a fifty two percent gain compared to May of a year ago, and year to date growth of twenty six and a half percent. What do you attribute that to?
9: Well, I'll tell you, you know, fifty percent gain month over month is is certainly something interesting. So you know, thirty days is not a trend make, but what is very interesting as you point out is the twenty percent gain year over year to date for May. So that's what we're pretty 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 excited about. And what we've heard from our manufacturers is it this isn't limited to to one manufacturer or another. This is this is sort of across the board. They're all all participating in this. Specifically as it relates to combines, there's a number of factors that come into play as you know that's a that's a big considered purchase. And I think just there's there's just some general optimism out there, um, you know, about, you know, some of the policy changes related to tax, uh, tax reform and the optimism of, of, a, of a good farm bill. Um, and, and I think, you know, obviously there's a, there's always concerns about, about trade, and those are very real. But I think just in general, is, this can be largely attributed to optimism uh, among the farm community.
1: Another bright spot. Total U.S. sales of two-wheel drive tractors for May gained 17% compared to a year ago, so that's uh, that's good to see.
9: Absolutely, and that's that's where you know you really get excited to look at uh, at, at tractors and two-wheel drive two-wheel driving and above and, and and you know as we've been talking about for the last you know last year or so, under 40 horsepower hor- uh, tractors have really been driving the whole market, and they continue to do so. But what is exciting are those over 40-horsepowers, over 100-horsepowers, and even articulated four-wheel drive tractors are showing those signs of recovery. And that's really exciting uh, for our manufacturers. And that's just kind of a directly attributed to the farmers feeling good about where the, where the markets are going to go.
1: Now, all the news is not good. Uh, U.S. sales of four-wheel drive tractors actually declined.
9: They, they did decline, uh, you know, month over month. But, again, over year over year. They're, they're still, uh, you know, about 2% uh, above where they were last year. So, again, as I, I, I always try to be cautious to not get that excited about a month, a particular month report, uh, but I do like to look at the year-to-date and look at the overall trends. And I think what we can point to is that the overall trend is, is clearly, uh, you know, moving upwards, and that's great news. The month-over-month, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why a month-over-month may change. But, uh, but overall, year over year, that's just, that's just some pretty, pretty fantastic stuff.
1: Now, what about concerns with tariffs, whether steel and aluminum or retaliation? Uh, how does this impact ag equipment sales?
9: Well, Mike, that is absolutely the elephant in the room. I mean, yes, farmers are excited about all of the, uh, all of the policy changes and what that can mean for the, for the uh, farm economy, but boy, it's pretty scary when you think about uh, steel, and aluminum tariffs, and you know that's a double whammy for a farmer because you know that that means the equipment crisis could very well uh, uh, creep up a little bit, whether that's an actual increase or whether there's a a surcharge on steel. That's just not uncommon in the uh, in the in the, uh, the 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 business climate today. But what's more concerning is, like, boy, if there's a, if there's a trade war. And if there's something that has to do with uh, you know playing trade games with with China, we sell a whole lot of soybeans to China, and that that causes a lot of concern. But what I would so, say is that you know we mm-hmm. we, we as AEM we're, we're, we've been very strong and very vocally opponent uh, very vocally opposed to the to the steel and aluminum tariffs. And and fortunately, I've noticed even today that many in the farm community, some of the farm organizations, have 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 joined us in that message. You know, specifically talking about steel and aluminum tariffs, um, but we but we remain equally concerned about a, a potential trade war. So we, you know, I, I want to believe that there's a that the that the overall gain is going to be great, um, but boy, there's some there's some unknowns in the short term that we got to get past.
1: Yeah. So I guess as we wrap it up, we look at these numbers from May, and I think they're even. They look even better when you consider where commodity prices are and about these concerns that are out there. But uh, those, especially the trade aspect, those are kind of dark clouds that still are, are hanging out there that we have to watch closely.
9: Absolutely, got to watch those. Got to watch that closely. It, yeah. Cautious optimism is a is a phrase we often use, and I think that's exactly where it is. Like we're 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 hopeful that this is that this trend is going to continue. And uh, that the farm incomes will return in a big way, and I and I and I truly believe that they will. The fundamentals should point to that uh, at, at some point in the very near future, and that's going to spell good things for farmers, and certainly it's going to spell good things for uh, for equipment manufacturers.
1: All right, Kurt. As always, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Have Take care, day. Kurt. Kurt Blade, Senior Vice President, Ag Services for the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. So some good news in the May sales numbers, especially with self propelled combines and two-wheel drive tractors. And uh, we'll see how all this plays out with uh, the farm bill and the trade tensions and and all of these issues moving forward, which will impact uh, those numbers as well. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today and for the week. Thank you very much for joining us. Always uh, want to hear from you, your thoughts, your input uh, on the, these issues or any others, uh, some things you'd like to hear us talk about, discuss, and cover here on Adams on Agriculture. You can email me, Mike Adams at AmericanAgNetwork.com, and also on Twitter, at MikeAdamsAg. And, again like to hear from you what do you th- what are your thoughts on the show things we're covering some of these issues your take on uh, your position on some of these issues want to hear from you and also again want to thank all of our affiliate stations here on Adams on Agriculture be sure to thank them for carrying us and uh, helping us get the, this information out to you uh, we appreciate the, these local stations and their commitment to uh, agri- agriculture and ag programming such as this. Really, really appreciate it. Well, have a great weekend, everyone, and be sure to tune in on Monday. We'll have updates on these stories and uh, also look at the weather with DTN. Uh, Bryce Anderson will be joining us to go look at the week ahead on the weather. So, it's a lot happening, and we'll try to keep you up to date right here on Adams on Agriculture.